is killing me. This feeling kind of reminds me of the cryovirus and nearly becoming a frosty. This is what that felt like? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm really sorry you're having to deal with it again. I had no idea we were putting our clients through this. I forgot you had never been put in torpor. It's been a while for me now. Does it feel like this every time? I've only been put in a few times, but from what I remember, the effects only last a few hours. It's definitely worth the time and food saved. Yeah, I do suppose your foodstuffs would pretty much fill up the cargo area of a ship. Hey, I like snacks. What can I say? The worse the food is, the faster these effects wear off, by the way. Want to try some jalapeno poplars? I think I have some and a can somewhere. You mean spoo? I thought it was spoo if it was fresh. No, no, no. It's gach if it's fresh. Fresh gach sounds way better than fresh spoo. Hmm, I never thought of it that way. Either way, we need to eat something salty and greasy. It's the best way to overcome a cryover. What the blazar is a cryover? I'm glad you asked. I heard some kids saying it getting out of the pod last time I was in Torpor. Thought it was a nice crossover of cryosleep and hangover. Gotta keep the lingo hip. What does the spoken word have to do with the pelvis? Oh, I give up. I'm just gonna snack on some fresh gach. I'm gonna go see if I can find anything in the dining car. My tummy is a little rumbly. I think I saw an escalator to the second floor. This train must be an old earth route master. I read about that company. I thought they only made booses. Well, they, they did for a long, long time. But when the roads of earth were outlawed, they went into the train business, made some of the most elegant trains for travel that ever existed on old earth. Well, the pods were definitely some of the fanciest we've seen. I did notice something when I got out of mine, though. Oh, man, we, we should check the batteries. Yeah, yeah. I guess we can't really do that, though, without a spare. We might risk interrupting the torpor. Well, there's no need. That's what I wanted to show you. The release trigger for the door felt kind of odd. I looked down to see there was a knob on the bottom of this one for some reason, and on the knob there was a surrendabite encrusted. I like where you're going with this. But, you know, we really should get back to checking out the batteries in the pods if, if we ever get a breather from all the chaos we found ourselves in. Definitely. For now, why don't you go find a snack and I'll heat up this can of spoo and fire up the surrendabite player. Ugh, this headache almost makes me want to try spice. What? What? Have you ever met Auntie Anne? Met her? That's the name of a pretzel stand at the mall. I bet she'd be really nice. Super nice. The nicest person. How else do you explain how delicious and addictive those pretzels are? Charlie, are you feeling okay? Is your blood sugar dropping? You need a snack? <laughs> pretzels. Pretzels. Pretzels! And we're back. Broadcasting from our studio on the pale blue dot we call Earth, we've got a great short for you today. That's right, Charlie. Strap yourself in. Today we're taking a ride on the escalator. There's nowhere to actually strap yourself in on the escalator, but I'm going to try my best. Oh, we might find out that... Yeah, there's not. There's, there's really no seatbelts or anything. But the Austrian journalist, Joseph Roth, he said, The escalator seems to me to typify this. It leads us up 
by climbing up on our behalf. Yes, it doesn't even climb, it flies. Each step carries its shopper aloft, as though afraid he might change his mind. It takes us up to merchandise we might not have bothered to climb an ordinary flight of steps for. Is he saying we're lazy? He's Austrian. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, escalator. that explains it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's Austrian. <laughs> he's like Arnold. Arnold's Austrian. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Why don't you climb the stairs? Get the taffy. You know you want the taffy. <laughs> I assume Arnold likes taffy. I don't know. If you do. Is there, is there a helicopter at the end of the escalator? <laughs> <laughs> get to the chopper of the taffy. <laughs> Uh, an escalator may be defined as a moving staircase of an endlessly circulating belt of steps driven by a motor conveying people between floors of a public building. The word is a combination of elevator and the Latin word scala or steps. Hmm. How thoughtful and or lazy vernacular. Let's uh, scala this up, shall we? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see what you did there. Hilarious. <laughs> the first... Yes. <laughs> The first patent for an escalator was filed by a patent attorney named Nathan Ames in 1859, but nothing came of his design, which was called the revolving stairs. Stairs, stairs. That's like a revolving door. But, door. But door. stairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then in 1889, uh, Lehman <laughs> Souter <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> patented four more designs, one of which was called the stairway, but his designs, too, never came to fruition. Now, Jesse Reno actually built his design in 1896, so he actually did something about this, something he dubbed the inclined elevator. It still wasn't quite an escalator, but we're getting a lot closer now. His version was a slanted belt with cast iron cleats on the surface, not steps, and the angle of the climb was only 25 degrees. Now, just a year prior was another really close version that actually had steps, but no comb built into the steps. The rider had to step off sideways at the top. Yeah, that was an interesting design. If you ever look up that picture, there's like a a triangle cutout thing that's like, get off, get off, or I will cut your feet off. Just like inherently dangerous. (laughs) Slice the bottom of your foot off if you stay on. Uh, Believe it or not, this was somewhat of a cutthroat business as well, with tons of buyouts and takeovers of companies that built escalators in the early days. Today, there are only a handful of major manufacturers of escalators, which, I mean, it's interesting because, like, you don't actually think about the company that makes the escalator. You just think about, like, there's always an escalator, right? Yeah. I I was talking to a guy one time as we were going down a hallway. Who was an escalator expert? No, he was actually an elevator technician. (laughs) Or salesman. Elevator salesman. I was like, someone went to Yale. (laughs) I never thought about it, but there has to be someone who sells elevators. Right. That's like, what do you do most of the time? Like, you're sitting down, they're going to build a new building one day. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you want to upgrade? No, I still work. All right, fine. I'm going to fill up that bad girl with a whole bunch of elevators. <laughs> you need 50? No, five. No, okay. All right. I'm going to give you 50. <laughs> <laughs> Discount. So how do these things climb? Most escalators have a degree of climb of about 30 degrees, and most of them move at one to two feet per second. If you're not American, that's 0.3 to 0.6 meters per second. Mm-hmm. Now, there are different types, such as parallel. These are the ones I always think of. They're the ones that run beside one another. One goes up, the other goes down. So if, if you like start to get on one that goes up, and you're like, oh, wrong one, and then you just kind of step sideways, and then you're on the one that goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the most common, at least in the U.S., now, there are also multiple parallel. These are banks of escalators where, you know, several in a row go up and then 
several in a row go down, mm-hmm. but they're all beside each other in parallel. And then there's a crisscross. Crisscross. These they like to put in like 80s movies for some reason, but. I mean, you'll find them in malls. Um, Really? Yeah. I've in, always, in department stores. I mean, I've seen them. Yeah, department stores in the mall. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah. so. The ones in the main part yeah, of the mall. Yeah, those are, are the most really dangerous parallel. because you can actually jump from one escalator yeah, to the other yeah. one. Which I've never done. Or if you, yeah, but this is one where they're facing each other. One is angled up, one's angled down. Yeah. And yeah. It forms an X. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the one also like on TikTok. That's the thing, you know, somebody's going down, they grab somebody's hand just to see what the reaction is. Like mm-hmm. the prank thing. Uh, it's pretty funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> the up or down portion may be permanent or it could be manually changed or it could be based on who arrived first, the top or the bottom. Have you ever seen one of those? I've I've only seen the permanent ones. Like I've never seen anybody change direction of one. I have not. Um, I only assume that they were always going in one direction. I bet people are going to. Just like the band. Oh, Lord. I knew mm-hmm. was coming. I bet they were going to rush or people are going to rush at rush hour to like, <laughs> no, me first. <laughs> going down. <laughs> Back off, Sam. <laughs> first world problems. <laughs> now let's talk about the parts. The landing platform is where you stand before boarding the escalator. It's often covering the gears and motors for the stairs. The comb design is on purpose, and it's there to reduce the distance between the steps and the platform so the rider doesn't get anything caught. Like we were talking earlier about the triangle of death and like the <laughs> early escalator where you essentially will slice your foot off every single time you leave. Now, there's also an item called the truss. It's a load-bearing portion on the sides of the steps that house the tracks for the stairs. And then... Probably my favorite word, the word I love as much as you love whoosh, uh, the balustrade. Mm-hmm. This is the handrail, side panels, and the skirting. It's just a fancy term for handrail. Balustrade. <laughs> <laughs> the skirting, by the way. This Skirt! Is, this is where clothing bags and other uh, loose items get caught in modern escalators. The bristles, uh, I don't know if you guys have them in other countries, but in the U.S. we have these black bristles uh, covering the skirt, and that prevents this from happening. The handrail is actually fairly complex. Uh, there are several parts that are unseen. The slider, or another name for the slider, the glider ply. Definitely calling it a glider ply. Yeah, I like that one there. This is a layer of textile material of some sort, like cotton or linen or something. It allows the rail to move over the track smoothly. Then there is the tension member. This is a family show. Hey. Yeah, good point. Uh, this piece is the portion that is made of steel tape or cable and it holds tension on the rail so it stays taut Mm -hmm. on top of the tension member is a layer of rubber and it holds all the layers together well that's good finally we come to it's all one nice package (laughs) to the part we actually touch the outer layer or cover which is typically made of rubber or some other similar material now handrails are also designed to be set at the same speed as the steps so if you find one that goes a little bit slower a little bit faster than the steps it's only due to wear and tear not by design i don't know that seems sus i've never actually encountered an escalator in which the handrail moves at the same as the treads yeah until someone mentioned it to me i never noticed yeah because like your hand goes up just a little bit yeah faster and you're like yeah. you start leaning yeah I, I i noticed it afterwards but i i've i've been on quite a few that moved at the same time it's also probably one of the dirtiest parts of the escalator oh they, god yeah i don't even think about that but yeah do you yeah. think they clean it no no of course not they probably cleaned it during covid right 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 so the tracks are what are built into and around the truss and what guides the steps the steps themselves are all one piece each and normally made from die cast aluminum or steel 
The treads began being cleated after the 1950s to help prevent soft shoes and other items from becoming wedged between the top step and the platform as the step makes the transition under the platform. Otherwise, you'd be caught and you lose your foot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not a pretty sight. No. Now, Peter Singer, Australian philosopher, had said, beginning to reason is like stepping onto an escalator that leads upward and out of sight. Once we take the first step, the distance to be traveled is independent of our will and we cannot know in advance where we shall end. We would end at the top of the escalator where the giant deathly triangle awaits us. <laughs> I love that quote because he sounds like, um, oh no, what was the English guy? Not Wilt Chamberlain. What was his name? The guy, uh, World War One. Wilt Chamberlain, the basketball player? <laughs> Winston Churchill? That's it. It was WC. All right. It was close. I get the initials. Oh, Winston Churchill. Sounds like Winston Churchill leading soldiers into battle. <laughs> you may not know where we land. She'll come out on top. <laughs> Sports? <laughs> Speaking of things. So, about those gold baskets. So, what does it look like on the inside? You've yep. probably been wondering. You know, my dad used to joke with me. He told me uh, when I was a little kid, there was a genie inside turning the steps flat, and then he'd turn them back into steps. Memories. Uh, memories. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, though, there are only two sides to an escalator step. Do you know that? They're not like a full square or triangle. They're just like, to the, the foot part and the front part. That's it. Uh, you may want to look up photos or animations because that helped my brain wrap around this a lot better once I saw it, like a cutaway of what mm-hmm. it looked like. Um, but the top side of the step is connected to a chain at the at the truss, at the sides. Um, that's where that black bristle part is. I'm actually glad that we went over this because I didn't really understand how an escalator worked. Right. It's like, oh, they disappear. I don't know how. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Krispy <laughs> Kreme. They have to keep making new steps to keep going up. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody out there is just hammering away. <laughs> Somebody's coming quick. Um, Get that genie. <laughs> but that chain keeps the, the top layer level with the ground or parallel to the ground. Mm. Uh, it pulls the step around in the circle as well or whatever shape the escalator is, oblong or whatever you call it, polygon shape. Uh, the front side of the step runs along the track that is built into the truss as well. So you've got the... Um, the chain that pulls at the top, the track is what holds the bottom of the step or the front I didn't go to space camp, Matt. <laughs> Follow me along. Keep going. Uh, what causes the step to quote unquote open and close is the difference in height of the chain and the top of the step and then the track at the bottom of the step. So the, the step never folds up or, or goes away. It's just the, the shape of the escalator that causes the step to appear to go flat as it goes into the platform. Now, since there are only two sides, the, se- the steps can be tucked neatly away as they are folded back into the escalator housing. Hmm. Now, safety is always concerned for these and for the reasons you may think and for the reasons you may not have thought of. About three people are killed by escalators and around 6,800 or so are seriously injured each year in the U.S. alone. Are you serious? 7,000 people? That's a lot of people. Are seriously injured? Keep going. You'll find out why. Those at highest risk for injury in an escalator are the elderly and the young. That makes sense. Probably due to the fact that most injuries are from slipping and falling. There have been some malfunctions, however, and most of these recently have occurred in China. And most of the malfunctions were due to poor maintenance. Yeah. Now for the surprising safety risk and for the SAT word of the episode. Apparently, escalators are prone to fire if poorly maintained. That's the SAT word of the day, fire? Mm-hmm. No, the SAT word is detritus. Gesundheit. Thank you. 
1987, there was a fire in London at King's Cross. Nearly 10 tons of detritus, that's the T word, had accumulated in the undercarriage of the escalator and began acting as a wick. Do you know what detritus is? Isn't that a band from the 80s? No, although that would be interesting if there was a band name. We should actually coin that. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we are detritus. They could be the opener for Cheese Week. It could be. Right. Mm-hmm. It's dead organic particulate. It could be from the ground, such as plants, remnants, or it could be fecal in origin. Basically, the rider's shoes over time have deposited enough of this flammable organic material that the lubricant was set on fire. So the lubricant was the wax and the detritus was a wick. The fire broke through the elevator so quickly that 31 people were killed and 100 were sent to the hospital. Yeah, that was one of the worst escalator accidents in history, if not probably the worst. Have you been there? Have you been to King's Crossing in London? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine a fire on an escalator just breaks out? We'll break out the Led Zeppelin (laughs) because that's a stairway to heaven. (laughs) hey Too soon? Now that we've gone downhill. I see what you did there. Let's try to rise back up. Like we're heading to the food court at the mall. There are helical or spiral escalators that curve. Uh, they're pretty rare. They've been sold by only one company since the 1980s, which is Mitsubishi. What? The car company. But they also make escalators. Now, there's also a... Somewhat- <laughs> Wouldn't that be like their, their motto? <laughs> hey, we're a car company. We also make escalators. <laughs> <laughs> You guys building something? Uh, There's also a somewhat avant-garde design in London that places the ascending and descending steps into one continuous loop around two pathways. So it's like a circle going up and down, but it's all one loop of steps. Hmm. So the steps go up on one side, travel under the floor to the other side where they go down and travel back to the ascending side. Now my brain's hurting. Yeah. You'd have to look up a picture of this one, definitely. I'm sure it looks cool. The original design of the escalator at Coney Island was billed as an amusement ride. Yeah, we're done. Okay. <laughs> uh, the longest escalators in the world are underground in St. Petersburg, and the shortest is in Japan. It's called the Puchicolator. Yeah, I think so. And it only rises 83 centimeters <laughs> or about 33 inches. <laughs> Basically, little baby step. Take a step. Yeah. <laughs> 33 inches. I mean, it's a big step, but uh, anyway. The Otis Elevators Company actually trademarked the name Escalator, so other companies that built them had to be a little creative at the time, calling the machine things like motor stairs, moving stairs, and electric stairway. I personally like electric stairway. It's electric. We should make that a thing. I'd be very gruntled about that. Versus disgruntled? Yes. Now, the first escalator in London unnerved the riders so much that they were offered brandy once they got off. I thought you were about to say they were offered brandy before they got on. I was just like, you got to watch out for the death triangle. It was a great show. I want to try that next time I go to the mall. See if there's brandy at the end of every escalator. Now, we will leave you with a quote from one of our beloved American comedians. And this is the first time we're going to share this quote. Uh, It was by Mitch Hedberg. He said, an escalator can never break. It can only become stairs. You should never see an escalator temporarily out of order sign. Just escalator temporarily stairs. Sorry for the convenience. And that's our short. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember, we exist within the universe. And the universe exists within ourselves. 
We're all the stuff of stars. So have a stellar day, everyone, and thanks for stopping by our corner of the cosmos. This has been the Mid-Flight Crisis Podcast. You can support important spaceship repairs and maintenance by subscribing to the Mid-Flight Crisis Patreon page. We'd love to hear your suggestions about the show and future topics, and we appreciate your support, ratings, and reviews. This endeavor isn't possible without amazing listeners like you. Thanks for sharing your space and time with us. We'll see you on our next adventure. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Drop us a line at intrepidtransfer at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.